We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. With Emprise, you can check your balance as fast as you can check the scores. They'll even give you an instant replay so you can review the ruling on the field. Emprise Bank member FDIC. Super appreciative of them. All they have done here for KC Sports Network. And it is a fun week to be previewing a game. The Kansas City Chiefs take on... The Buffalo Bills, the team they last saw in the AFC Championship game. This is a big one to talk about, and here to help me talk about it are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina, Matthew Lane. Hello, my friend. What is good? Well, nothing is good, Kent, because, and I'm going to tell you why. Our last show, our live show that we did on Monday, you know what we didn't do? You didn't give out a game ball. I didn't give out a helmet sticker, and Craig didn't give out a beer. You know what happened last time we didn't do that? The Chiefs lost. So we're going to fix that right now real quick. Give me your game ball from last week against the Eagles, Kent. Patrick Mahomes, don't care. Don't even care. Giving it to him. Okay. My helmet sticker is going to go to Byron Pringle for being the only wide receiver to, like, catch a forward pass besides Tyree Kill (laughs) on the entire day. I think that's worth a kudos, a little butt slap, and a good job. Craig, who gets the beer? Uh, the beer goes to Ben Neiman for forcing a turnover that he didn't get, even though he recovered it and it was a turnover. Give the man, give the man a little something for, for creating something in the red zone there. Perfect. Now the chiefs will definitely win this game. We can probably just close this podcast down right right. now. Awesome. Great. See you later. (laughs) Craig's actually excited. Hold on. Can we pivot from, from Maddie giving a sticker out to giving a butt slap and a good job? (laughs) If, if we get, if we really need to dive into that right now, we can, Kent. Like, I don't know what kind of details you want about this. No, I think that should be your your silo moving forward. I think okay, that's just giving a giving butt slaps out instead of helmet stickers. It's the same action. Just yeah, slap, exactly. Slap. Just depends on yeah. what level you're coming in at. <laughs> that was a good one. So, Craig, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Yeah, we need to get we need to get this thing going for sure. Uh, this is the game preview. We're getting ready for the biggest regular season game of the year. I don't think like, this is I this is weird because you know we've spent like the Chiefs are two and two. It's kind of weird, but literally this is the biggest this is the biggest regular season game of the season, and the only thing we're talking about 
is like if the Chiefs should sign Jalen Smith or it's Stephon the, Gilmore or, or Stephon, Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore. It's just this weird vibe here. And I, you know, I, Maddie, I know you kind of said maybe like it, part of it is just like the fact that they're two and two. I don't know. There's just a weird vibe leading up to a massive game. Maybe it's because it's too early in the season. I don't know what it is. I tell you what it is. You can't have a biggest regular season game when you're two and two, last place in your division. Five, essentially, it's early, but you're fighting for a spot to go for. Like the Chiefs are two and two. Every game they play now matters because they essentially threw away two games to the Chargers and the Ravens. Every game going forward matters. It doesn't matter who it's against until they kind of retake the lead in not just the AFC West, but the AFC. So every game matters. Like I do think in the long haul, yes, you're going to look back on this game, the Ravens game, say they were your biggest ones. But right now, every single game matters until you get your footing back under you. So I think that's got to be where it's coming from. Nah, it's just too early. (laughs) The the Chiefs faced the Ravens the past couple of years early in the season, and they felt like nothing games in the grand scheme of things because it was so early because those teams weren't defined yet. I, I do think that this at least has the opportunity to be a bigger game because the Chiefs might be a little healthier. They might get some guys returning. They might have a few more elements. And we can talk about one of those to start here. We will, but the Chiefs have a chance, or the, the Bills have a chance to go up two games on the Chiefs for the one yeah. seed, which is massive. And Not I just good. don't feel like we're talking even a little bit about that. And that just is crazy to me. But one of the guys that is projected to help the Kansas City Chiefs try to continue to beat the Buffalo Bills as they have in recent memory is a new addition to this football team. Josh Gordon signed last week. Josh Gordon already elevated to the 53-man roster, expected to play in this game. My goodness, the Josh Gordon experience could happen immediately. And it kind of sounds like we're going to get some some packages of Josh Gordon this week, Maddie. This is the tricky part. You sign somebody like Josh Gordon who hasn't played football for two years, and you do expect it to take a couple weeks. I think we talked about it. I asked you guys, and we all kind of said about a month away, roughly, was when we anticipated Josh Gordon coming mm-hmm. on, maybe starting to get some run. Nope. The Chiefs said he looks good. We're going to make him travel with us on the road to Philadelphia so he can, you know, just hang out with the team. Who knows the actual reason? But a practice squad player traveling, not a normal thing. And then immediately you're getting reports from people on NFL Network, ESPN, saying, oh, hey, the Chiefs love Josh Gordon. Don't be surprised if he's active next week. And then, boom, we get the nugget about there's a Josh Gordon package. I think it's a big kind of trope that it takes three years to learn to play wide receiver for Andy Reid. And I do think it takes some time. We've talked about it numerous times lately. And I think the big thing is it takes, you know, a couple of years to learn every single wide receiver position and every single route. But it sounds like the Chiefs are trying to push Josh Gordon forward in specific usages. So, like, there's going to be particular parts of the field, particular play packages that Josh Gordon is going to be heavily featured in, that he is going to be a significant part of. It's just a matter of how big is that going to be and what's that going to look like? Is it just the red zone? Is there specific usage that they see for him split out wide of Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill? Like, what did they have in mind? Because I do think there is something very specific the Chiefs have planned for him. I'm I'm excited to see what it is. I think we're going to see a double move. Like, I I think we're going to see a double move out of it. He he ran a lot of them, especially good up the out the boundary there. Maddie actually put together a film room on the KCSN Discord last week, and we kind of took a look at some of the things that he does best. And one of those things is 
double moves, getting vertical on the boundary, creating space for the quarterback to be able to hit, you know, giving ample opportunity to hit some of these throws that we don't see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense get to attempt very often because there's typically a safety over the top of Tyree Kill, the guy that they typically try to do that with. I am curious to see what Josh Gordon looks like. I think it's a testament to him that he's here in two weeks. Like, this man has not played football in two years. I We've all seen the pictures of him. He is always, always been a physical specimen. But it's the conditioning side that you that you hope that he picks up, and it's the playbook that you hope he picks up. Now, obviously, as we found out this past weekend, the time with Brad Childress, a lot of that verbiage is the same. Mm. So it's been able to translate over to Andy Reid's offense. That's hugely beneficial in getting him on the field. But I think it also speaks to his work ethic, where his mind is at right now. Because we've seen guys, you know, we've seen Le'Veon Bell. We've seen, we've just seen guys. <laughs> I, I don't need to go through the long list Name every single one of them right I don't know. I don't, I don't want to. But we've seen guys that have taken a little while to get in, get adjusted to what Andy wants, and get on the field. Now, part of that's going to be the wide receiver two position and them wanting a true big guy to play that X position. That's definitely part of it. The fact that they don't have a guy that they love right now at that position, but by and large, it's because Josh Gordon has picked this up quickly. He's worked really hard to get here. So that's very, very positive indicator for him going forward. You know, I, I've heard some people talk about some of the mid mid season sizings that Chiefs have had. I think this one is a little bit different uh, than, than others. I think this dude has a chance to really make an impact I mean, when he's been on the field, every year he's been on the field, he's found success in some capacity. You know, even if it's four, five, six, seven games like this, this man has had a lot of success. Uh, there is some gen genuine excitement there in in uh, in Arrowhead for 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 the outlook of uh, of Josh Gordon, and I cannot wait to see the reveal. I think I think Josh, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to give Josh Gordon at least one chance outside the numbers this week. I think they will give him at least one target early in the game. They're going to try to see what they have. Uh, and you might even see more than one. And if it starts working, then you got to start figuring some things out because yeah, that could, uh, that could be really problematic for the rest of the national football league. So, all right. The last time the chiefs played the bills in the regular season, we saw a, we talked about this a little bit, I think, in the in the uh, in the post game show or the uh, the the laboratory live show on Monday. It's you know the the, the last time these two teams played, the Chiefs and in the Bills, the the Bills presented a lot of light boxes. The Chiefs ran all over them. The Bills played a lot of soft coverage. They were just willing to let them drive and hope that the Chiefs made a mistake. The offensive line looked dominant. We talked ourselves into Nick Allegretti after that game. A lot has changed about this team uh, up front. The Chiefs are probably, are, are we going to see another light? Are we going to see more light boxes again? And I mean, if they do that, like this, this group should dominate in the running game. If they, if the bills do present light boxes again. Well, that was the infamous Daniel Kilgore game. If I remember correctly, that was where mm -hmm. he jumped in for Austin Ryder. And all of a sudden you got a, a lot more power on the offensive line for some reason. So, it would be interesting to see if the Bills go that route again because this Chiefs team this year, they're essentially the best quick passing team in the entire NFL. They are the hand, Ever. they are the best, they are the best <laughs> quick passing. They are the highest executing, the highest efficiency team of all time. 
throwing the ball short, running the football. Like it is otherworldly how good they have been right now. So if the Bills are going to essentially say, yeah, we know you're doing that really well, but keep doing it so we don't give up the big play. It, it could look ugly. I mean, I don't think that the Philadelphia Eagles have a great defense, but I don't think it was an accident that outside the interception, the Chiefs essentially looked absolutely unstoppable against them. That's just the level they're executing on right now in that type of game. So if the Bills give them that chance, and I think a big part, Matt Milano missed that first week game that were that first Bills game last year that we're kind of talking about right now. He's not practicing. He had suffered a hamstring injury this past week. He might not play in this game. So that might return again. That takes away their best coverage linebacker, their linebacker that probably plays with the most range. Yes, Tremaine Edmonds is very athletic, but Milano just plays faster. He plays quicker. He covers more space. So without him, I just really wonder if the Bills defense can do that. Can they play to protect everything over the top and stop the Chiefs underneath? And then as Kent alluded to, this offensive line this year, significantly better than last, significantly better than last year. What they just did to that Eagles defensive line is insane. They threw them around. This Bills defensive line is playing good. Ed Oliver is like number two in the NFL in terms of run stop percentage on the year. You know who's two of the best run, two, three of the best interior run blocking offensive linemen in the entire NFL right now? The entire Chiefs interior offensive line. Like That will be a lot of fun if the Bills go light box. I love Ed Oliver. 285-pound Ed Oliver isn't going to do a whole lot against Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey coming right out. I'm just going to say that right now. So this is going to be a really exciting matchup if that's the route the Bills decide to go. And they also have Star Latule on the inside there, another big body. Tremaine Edmonds is dynamic and explosive, can shoot gaps really well in the run game. So I can see them going with a few more lighter boxes, just knowing that right there up the gut, they've got three really good run defenders. And I mean, that's that's where my eyes are going to be pinned because yeah, if the Chiefs can once again, after beating up that Philadelphia Eagles front against two really good defensive tackles in Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, they can do it again to this group and keep Tremaine Edmonds from knifing into the backfield, making some negative plays against Clyde Edwards, Elayer and the chiefs rushing attack. I'm going to start really getting amped about this chiefs run offense because it, it's been good the past couple of weeks it, bordering on great. I'll even say that they do it again this week. They control the line of scrimmage against Ooh, this group again. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Look out because now all of a sudden you're going to have to have some teams that are going to say, listen, we're going to make Patrick Mahomes have to throw a little bit. We can't just <laughs> allow them to bleed the clock. And boy, you want that. You really want this offense. Imagine. To get to that. Well, I think it's funny that like the Chiefs, like the Chiefs took some low percentage throws and still made them like the faded Tyreek. <laughs> oh, it was so good. You know, it's just like, how do you stop this team? The answer is you can't because they're winning outside the numbers and dropping balls in the bucket. They're running the ball with ease. They're winning the RPO game. They're they're dynamic and they've got they have like I don't think even we've seen the full reveal up front. And now they're throwing Josh Gordon in there to make some of those lower percentage throws even higher percentage throws. Like there's just a lot of little moving pieces. Um, and you know, this team was uber efficient last week, and they finally were able to kind of take the lid off the top of this defense with an explosive touchdown to Tyree Kill. Uh, but I think the question remains, are they going to be able to get some of those more, you know, some of those deep shots, you know, you know, get more, more frequently and maybe be a little bit more aggressive, you know, taking some of those shots down the field. And I think it's a, a credit to Patrick Mahomes that he hasn't forced him to this point. 
Uh, but what we saw from this Chiefs offense last week from an efficiency standpoint was unbelievable. It was remarkable. It, it was one turnover that they forced. And really the only thing that has stopped this football team the last few weeks has been turnovers. Offensively, they're moving at an unbelievable rate. They're moving the chains. They've 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 made their own mistakes, which is part of the merit of making the Chiefs drive and trying to keep the top off the defense. But man, the more that they continue to prove what they're doing in the intermediate passing game, the short passing game, running the football, the harder it's going to be for teams to just sit there and let that happen, Maddie. Well, and this is something that I think you both touched on earlier when we were talking about Josh Gordon, and I wanted to come back in with this now. Craig talked about double moves and then hitting Josh Gordon deep on the outside. Kent talked about throwing up, you know, maybe a contested catch to him, just testing it out on the outside. This is something Josh Gordon does really well. He wins vertically, but he can do so not only with his speed, but with his size. He can stack defenders. He can go up and yeah. make contested catches along the sideline, outside the numbers. And when Craig talked about that film room that we did on the KCS and Discord, that was half of the place was just Josh Gordon being great mm -hmm. and going to get the football. So you want to give, take a vertical shot? Sure, a team might play two high safeties and try to prevent you from hitting the seam, prevent you from hitting that deep over route. That's not going to offer a lot of help up the sideline. I wonder if that's one of the big pushes to get Josh Gordon out there is they need a vertical threat on the actual edges, on the outside. Mm -hmm. Yes, Tyreek Hill can do it. He can run by anyone that tries to press him, as we saw with that fade route. But if you look at most of his deep passes over his career, a lot of them have been kind of crossing the field or over the middle of the field. They don't have that vertical outside threat without Sammy Watkins. Josh Gordon provides that. I really could see them taking a couple shots to him, contested, not contested, whatever it may be, because he's kind of avoiding where the help of these defenses, the way they've been playing the Chiefs, are going to be along that sideline. Yeah, you expect Josh Gordon to maybe come in and make some of those plays. He's excellent at just kind of sitting down and finding a spot in the zone when they do try and keep the lid on it. So even if they do try and sit back, keep the lid on it, he is terrific. I'm a, you know, that was one of the other things that we saw time and time again in the film room over the course of his career. He is really good at finding the soft spots in the zone. He's really good at working off of other receivers. Him and Travis Kelsey are going to be dangerous because both of those guys are excellent at finding those creases in the zone opening up throwing lanes for their quarterback and really settling in to a position and opening up shop like our good pals and McAdoodles need to be doing in Kansas City or wherever you are. Now, listen, every single week I get emails, texts, DMs, Twitter mentions, mentions in the Discord about McAdoodles and people going there, people loving it, people wanting one in their neck of the woods because they love the service, they love the selection, they love the prices. It quickly becomes their favorite liquor store. So if you're a franchisee, you have a built-in community. We speak to the people in Kansas City here. We're talking to them right now. Cheese fans that are in Kansas City or the surrounding area want a McAdoodles. They want one close because they want to go, they want to visit it, they want to get all their tailgate stuff there, head out to Arrowhead and have the time of their life knowing that they got the best prices, they got the best deal, the best selection, and the best service. So if you're a franchisee, email roger at info at macadoodles.com. Let's get one up here. Set up shop. Like Josh Gordon's going to set up shop in the middle of like a cover two zone and full advantage of it. Craig, that was, that, was, that was excellent, but um, it's G-E-A-H-A, G-E-H-A, -A, <laughs> not Arrowhead. Um, 
So we're gonna have to rerun it back. Rewind. Nah, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, that's just ingrained in my brain forever, guys. I, that, that's not changing ever. <laughs> Players to watch. Let's go. What do you got, Craig? I got Claude Edwards-Alaire. Uh, he's coming off two back-to-back good performances. I expect another. Arguably, his best performance of his career was last year in the regular season against the Buffalo Bills when the Chiefs ran a lot of gap scheme stuff. You know, they didn't have a lot of their weapons on offense. They were down a couple offensive linemen. Travis Kelsey had to line up in the backfield a lot as an H-back, and they ran a lot of gap concepts. It was very, very, very fun to watch. This offensive line is built to run gap schemes now obviously it's not impacting what they've done so far they're running a lot of zone they're doing it very effectively but they're built to run gap schemes i think clyde edwards hilaire teeing off hitting gaps being decisive he looks much more decisive right now i want to see him with a little more targeted gap to run through and see him continue this run success that he's had over the past couple weeks i'm going to go with one of the guys that's going to be blocking for clyde edwards hilaire and that's going to be orlando brown and you could really package both offensive tackles into this. I think both tackles as of late, I don't think they've been playing their best football these last couple weeks. They've been challenged a little bit by some of the edge rushers they've gone up against, and they have not been as good as the interior of the offensive line. Now, they haven't been bad, but I do think this is kind of a week where they could get back on track a little bit. AJ Epinesa has been a monster this year. I think he lost a little bit of weight, and he looks a little quicker, but he's still not the most twitched-up rusher they're going to see. So that kind of plays into Orlando Brown's wheelhouse, into Lucas Niang's wheelhouse a little bit more. Gregory Rousseau dealing with a toe injury, so they don't know if he's going to be able to play yet or not. we got Jerry Hughes still on the outside. I think this array of pass rushers might not give these offensive tackles as much trouble as a Joshua Sweat, as a Joey Bosa, guys that I do think are a little bit more explosive, a little bit bendier. But if they do, if they do happen to beat Orlando Brown and Lucas Niang, I think that could spell some trouble for the Chiefs. The rest of this defense on the back end has a lot of talent. They can not match up with the Chiefs, but they can do enough to make plays, to present a problem if there's pressure coming quickly. So it's going to be up to Orlando Brown, Lucas Niang to help keep Patrick Mahomes clean because Oddly enough, I have faith that the interior offensive line is going to. It's now the tackles that are in question. So, like, as long as they can just be what they have been so far, you know, maybe a step up from these last couple weeks would be good. Just be status quo, and this offensive line should be good throughout the whole game. It's the bizarro Chiefs. It's weird. (laughs) There's a lot run. The tackles are struggling. (laughs) What is happening? Things. You know what? There's one constant in this group, though, that we're talking about, and that's the guy I'm about to talk about. That's the best player in the world. Look, this team is two and two. The vibe is weird. We spent all week talking about Jalen Smith. We spent all week talking about Stefan Gilmore and not talking about the biggest game in the regular season for the Kansas City Chiefs. So fans have this weird, you know, there's this, there's this weird thing about just how we are all reacting to this game. But you know who's not acting the way we are is Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes... He spent a lot of time the other day before the Eagles game talking about how the team dug themselves in a hole. And then he talked in the Eagles game about how they are not yet dug out of that hole. We all might have a different aura about us. Our expectations are um, are through the roof and we might feel a little bit differently and things are just kind of in disarray with the defense and all that stuff. But there's a leader in that locker room that is holding that group to a standard that the fans don't even have. Because we're all in this weird land of mediocrity record-wise. 
And Patrick Mahomes is in there putting in the work, leading from the front, and was and and showed that last week against the Eagles, mm-hmm. playing an exceptional football game. So he knows the situation that this organization is in. He knows the situation his team is in in their pursuit of winning a Super Bowl. Because maybe our eyes in the media, our eyes as fans, got off the ball a little bit here. We took our eye off the ball. They have it. And Patrick Mahomes is not letting that happen. He's got the second best quarterback in the AFC coming into his stadium. He's got the number one contender to the AFC coming into his stadium. And if he wants the number one contender in the AFC to have to come back to Arrowhead in January, he's got to take care of business today because he can't let the Bills and Josh Allen go two games up on him. This is an over-my-dead-body game for Patrick LaVon Mahomes. Rest in peace, Jarez. <laughs> but that that's the kind of game that we're going to see from the best player in the world. I cannot wait to see the response. I cannot wait. It's going to be, it's the reminder. It's the y'all forgot game. Y'all forgot, didn't you? Because we started two and two. Y'all forgot, right? We got bored by him bopping the Eagles and being nearly perfect. Well, when he five does, touchdowns. And ain't nobody talking touchdowns. about it. And we're all just like, oh, that's Joe nice. Joe Burrow was named the AFC player of the week. Let's let's focus on that. Y'all forgot, Chiefs Kingdom. Y'all gonna be reminded on Sunday night football too by the best player in the world. Now we get to talk about the defense. Oh boy. <laughs> well, can everybody turn can everybody dim their lights like All three right. degrees Hang right on. now let real me, quick me... <laughs> actually i think i can you want me to you want me to turn this down yeah a little yeah bit, you know make it a solid mood uh-huh oh i kind of like this i kind of like this mood lighting here a little bit um so look the defense sucks but <laughs> there's hope right okay so game predictions <laughs> <laughs> yeah are we good we good? Look, there's help on the way, hopefully. Frank mm-hmm. Clark, Charvarius Ward, Rashad Fenton. Oh, and yeah, Willie Gay, the athletic linebacker, the only athletic but linebacker on this team. There's potential for hope here, right? Sure, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if there's any hope there, none of these guys are singularly going to step in and you know fix anything. It's just not going to happen. Willie Gay is not going to set up set foot on the field and now all of a sudden everything's erased and he's making a great play. I have high hopes for Willie, but you know, those expectations are, you know, that, that that's not the the expectations we should have. What we should have is a group of guys here, Frank Clark, Traverius Ward, Rashad Fenton that have been in this system and they understand this system. And right now you see a group of guys that has no idea what's going on. It just, it, it, they're lost. Their eye discipline is poor. Their play ID is poor. They just are reeling at all times. And you see guys, the leaders on this team, Tyron Matthew, Anthony Hitchens, trying to corral that. But, oh, wait, offenses are going quick, so they can't make those adjustments. They can't get everybody on the same page. So now, all of a sudden, everything's avalanching. People are pressing. Things aren't happening the way that you want them to. 
Let's add some players back into the equation that do know the calls, that do understand what's going to happen. For everything that Frank Clark is and isn't, and we can debate that till the cows come home, what Frank Clark is is a player with ridiculously quick, quick play ID. I highlighted it in week two. He lined up Nick Bolton and said, hey, take that blocker. This guy's coming this way. They blew a play up for a negative play in week two. You don't need many of those. You just got to get ahead of the sticks. You've got to get stops against this Buffalo Bills defense. And right now, giving up almost eight yards per play on first down and almost seven on second down is insufficient. You can't do that. You can't allow offenses to run over you like that. So give me the guys that can maybe come out there and maybe make a negative play. Chain together a first and a second down that are good. Get yourself into that third down. Let Willie Gay roam a little bit. Have him flash to the flat. Be able to close some of this stuff down. The things that ail this team, there's so many more than these four guys are going to be able to fix. But you can maybe buy some drives. Get some stops. You get two or three stops. We've seen what Patrick Mahomes and this offense are doing. Give them the margin of error they need. These guys might be able to do just a little bit more. And I think that's what the key is, is you're not trying at this point in time, you're not trying to just fix everything about this defense in one go. You're not even trying to fix the coverage or the pass rush or the second level. You're just trying to get a little bit better. And so you're hoping that adding in Willie Gay on the second level maybe gets you one or two more tackles in the flat that the current linebackers aren't making. You're hoping adding Frank Clark maybe gets you one extra pressure. Maybe you get one good run defense play off of that defensive end spot that stuffs a play on first down, Charvarius Ward or Sean Fitton, same thing. You're just hoping that you get one, maybe two plays throughout the game even. like that's. It sounds like such a low bar, but it's a very doable bar, and it's something the Chiefs need. You get just one or two of these stops to let Steve Spagnuolo get into these longer distance, longer downs and distances. Let him really open up that playbook, get into the stuff that he likes to do. Maybe you do actually force a punt or actually force a turnover, something that I'm not sure the Chiefs have seen in a hot minute now. Like maybe you get there if you put these more talented players out there. Again, I'm not asking for any of these guys to come out here and change the entire game, but if you can give me five percent more you can give everybody five percent more than who's been replacing you that might actually go a long way in terms of maybe affecting one or two first downs throughout the game and that really could be the way this offense is playing the way this defense builds on momentum we've seen that in years past they 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 kind of uh snowball they snowball down once things start going well so maybe you can get to that point with some of these guys coming back i don't think the defense is going to all of a sudden turn into a top 10 defense this year no chance, but maybe they can become the 25th best defense in the NFL. And that very well might be good enough, but they're going to need these guys to start making a few more plays. And it's good to get these guys, Frank Clark, Charvarius Ward. I can't believe I'm saying that, but Charvarius Ward and Willie Gay back. The margin for error for this offense has been so slim and it felt so slim, even in the game against the Eagles. Like they just didn't have a ton of margin for error. They literally had one, one possession that didn't turn into a touchdown. And it kind of felt like they didn't really have complete control of the game until late. And so, yes, these small little, like Maddie, you kind of touched on it a little bit here. You know, a couple plays here or there could really, could cascade. You know, you could see, you know, like getting, getting Steve Spagnuolo a chance to get into his bag just a little bit more. 
maybe alters a few of those possessions. And honestly, there's been some possessions. There's been some times where the Chiefs have been able to get teams to third down. It's just been third and short. And so, you know, that just small little, small little, you know, additions here and there. It it could really look that there doesn't. It's not going to take much to flip scripts. I think that's the ultimate way. It doesn't take a like the threshold to, for the game script to change. It's not yeah. completely out of reach because the offense has been that good. And so, like, just 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 putting it in, in the more feasibility for the game script to turn into something a little bit more to the Chiefs' liking could be. You're right. It could it could really turn into something a lot bigger. It really could. That's not just hyperbole. Like, this this addition, this wave of talent that could potentially just help, just in a few different spots. Oh man, it it, it could it could snowball very quickly. To Maddie's point. Okay, so the Chiefs have been getting beaten by the run. They've been getting beat by the pass. They've just been getting beat on the defensive side of the ball. What's the approach that the Buffalo Bills take this week, Craig? Well, this is going to be the most intriguing part of this because the Bills right now are fifth in the NFL in rushing attempts and they're eighth in the NFL in passing attempts. Now, they have been playing with the lead for most of the past two weeks. It's really hard to do. Is to, it's really hard to be top 10 in both. It really is, but because they're coming up with so many stops, they're getting the ball back, they're moving the ball still, and then they're putting up points at the end of drives. I mean, they are still out here. They still look good, but they're balanced. And so far, what the Chiefs have seen, Cleveland Browns team that wanted to run the ball and was very good at it, a Baltimore Ravens team that wanted to run the ball and was very good at it. Both those teams use play action passing. And then you go against the Chargers, and they don't want to run the ball. They want to throw it. They're very good at it. And then you go up against you know, the Eagles, who surprisingly, I think we all expected them to run the ball. They wanted to throw the ball. They found themselves very good at it as well. So it seems right now, whatever the focus for the offense that they're playing, that's going to be the problem area. Like the Chiefs are struggling. They don't have a, a foundation to build on, something that they're really good at defending as it stands right now because they're getting beat on both aspects of the game. And the Buffalo Bills right now are doing both well. So that's going to be the most intriguing part of this. If the game script flips and they get into a pass-heavy script, obviously it, it helps the Chiefs' defense because they're not having to play both. But as we've seen right now on these first and second downs, when there's a run or a pass option and there's a conflict there that a defender has to read, they're struggling to read it. And it's bad, bad, bad news. So this is going to be a, a lower key storyline that may end up being a bigger key storyline for this defense just because this team is so balanced. It's hard to really load up and try and stop one thing against this Buffalo Bills offense. I think the big problem that the Chiefs are going to run into with this is um, they're not good enough to stop anything that the Bills do. And so we talked earlier about how just getting one stop here, one stop there will matter. And I do think that's the case. Like you just force one punt, maybe two punts in this game, get a turnover. That's all that matters. And that can very much flip this entire game over as good as the offense it's been. The problem is the Chiefs aren't playing well in any area. Like Craig said, they're not defending anything well. The coverage hasn't been tight. It hasn't been sound. There's coverage bust. Guys are running wide open. There's no pass rush unless the blitz is coming. But then we get back to the first point that there's no that there's coverage bust behind it. There's no nobody's playing fast. They're not playing with good range. I don't think they're playing physical. Guys are falling forward for three, four extra yards or breaking tackles. There's not a single thing defensively that you can hang your hat on to say the Chiefs are doing well right now. 
they're barely confusing Jalen Hurts, who I think is a relatively easy quarterback to confuse with your defensive scheme. Now, they weren't in the best position to throw out the super creative stuff until late in the game, in which, hey, they actually did have success getting mm-hmm. to Jalen Hurts, making him be a little bit out of rhythm in that case. It's just they're not doing anything well enough right now to attack the offense in that way. They're playing entirely reactionary on the defensive side of the ball. And it's because they have to, because no one's playing good enough. Does that change this week? I don't think so. I don't see the Chiefs really slowing down this Bills offense. I think the Bills offense, while maybe not playing at their absolute pinnacle right now, I don't think Josh Allen has been great. He's been good, not great. But they do stuff just good enough. They have enough weapons that I just don't see where the Chiefs can really present much of a challenge for them. Well, and if they put the pressure on Josh Allen, with if Patrick Mahomes specifically can put the pressure on Josh Allen, we've mm-hmm. seen him get sped up in these games. And the Chiefs have fed off that later in the game and really tried to work to speed him up. They've been very aggressive in trying to get him. They've added to the rush math very often. Maybe I'm going to be talking about someone here in a little bit about that. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about empty. The bills love empty. The bills are very good at empty. Josh Gort or Josh Allen's very good, uh, in empty. This could be a significant factor in this football game, Matthew. I think the bills and the Rams are two of the best and most often teams that are running empty right now. The bills are actually interesting. They they'll throw the running back completely out. They will get no running back on the field and go empty. And it works really well, but we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers take advantage of that a little bit. And there's a reason why, especially if you're going to tip your hat and say, we're going to be an empty by not running a running back out there. Defense is no, you're probably going to have an empty protection along your offensive line, which essentially means you're just block your five offensive linemen are blocking four defensive linemen, four big players. And then whoever you deem is the Mike linebacker. You know how you kind of confuse that. You can muddle up the offensive the line of scrimmage a little bit, get some a linebacker mugging an A gap, you know, have your slot corners creeping in. And then all of a sudden, maybe you zone blitz, you drop one of these defensive ends out into a zone coverage. Maybe you bring a slot corner. You can just mix it up just enough because the pass protection calls out of empty, especially if there is zero threat of a running back being in the backfield. There's no chance of there being that six man in protection. You really can confuse them. You can throw extra bodies. You can pull extra bodies out. There's a lot of stuff that a defensive coordinator like Steve Spagnuolo can do versus empty. The problem is you're going to have a very slow defense spread out across an entire football field. You have to get home or you have to make Josh Allen feel like you're getting home or it will completely backfire. And then you're going to be left with these non-athletic defensive players trying to tackle athletes in the open field. And we've seen how that's gone for much of the year. So it's a high risk, high reward, but it's something I do think the Chiefs will see. And hopefully they're kind of going back to that Steelers game to see how you manipulate that pass protection call against empty because the Bills do make it a little easy on you sometimes. Do you guys want to know something funny? Chiefs against empty this season have been at their best. That's that's what they're best at defending this season. <laughs> uh, it's actually what they're giving up the least yards per play out of it's what they have the highest defensive success rate out of so that's a positive now they're also not going up against like maddie said one of the better teams at at running empty here so it you know that is obviously going to change the other part that I was looking here right now the chiefs of all the empty snaps that they've seen have only blitzed 15 percent of them that is very 
anti-Steve Spagnolo. This could be a tendency breaker game in that regard because the Chiefs know they're not going to be able to run with guys. A lot of the empty that they've seen has been motioning guys out. And as Maddie said, the, the Buffalo Bills will go with maybe, you know, a an 01 personnel look with no running back out there and Dawson Knox and four wide receivers. And now all of a sudden Steve Spagnuolo knows, okay, let me put my best blitzers on the field and we're bringing the house. And, you know, you, you can get Josh Allen sped up a little bit, press, play a little more of that. Like I was talking about in the you know post game, play a little bit more of a gamble style defense against this. If you were given stuff up, Try and get that negative play. Go for broke. Know that if you get beat, you might get beat big, but it's better than just getting nickels and dime down the field. This is a good one. This is going to be a good matchup. I would like to see Spagnola bring more pressure than he has so far this year. I would like to see you give me a player to watch, Craig. Well, I'm going with Turk Wharton. Uh, so far this season, Turk Wharton hasn't been on the field quite as much as I think we'd expect. Uh, we saw him in the preseason. He looked good. He looked bigger. Uh, but he's largely a guy that wins in the dime. That's where the Chiefs want to get to. They want to use him there. Thus far this season, without Frank Clark on the field, we have seen less Turk Wharton in the dime. We've seen a lot of Jaron Reed, not as much Turk Wharton. Now, part of that's because he's getting some of those dime defensive end reps. And they're trying to keep him healthy so he can pin his ears back in some of those situations. But they haven't been in very many of them. He actually had a 7% pressure rate last week against the Eagles. Got a couple there at the end of the game. I thought he looked pretty spry. I want to see this Chiefs team get into a situation where they can get some of these lighter bodies on the field. Get some of these guys that can rush the passer well. Because I think he's due for a game where he gets to pin his ears back. They got him on this roster because he's good at doing that, and he looked good doing that in the preseason. Get him those opportunities. Earn him those opportunities because I think he'll maximize them. I'm gonna, I am gonna. want to throw a shout-out to Jaron Reed, Jared Reed right now. I would like to see a big game from him. That's not going to be my player to watch, but I think if there was a game for him to kind of step up and show – he was the Chiefs' marquee offseason addition. I think he needs to kind of show up and be that – this is a game that it needs to happen in. Help out Frank Clark, help out Chris Jones. Like, you know, let's see some flashes that made you worth, you know, everybody getting hyped up about. But my player to watch is going to be Juan Thornhill. None other than Juan Thornhill. I think the Bills are a team that will push the Chiefs into some wider defensive packages. They will force the Chiefs to get a few more defensive backs on the field. I can fully see the fact that the Chiefs might want him on the field over an extra corner, especially the way some of these corners have played lately. I think Craig alluded to it. We saw a little bit more Tyron Matthews slipping down into the slot. That opens up for you know Juan Thornhill to come out there. We can go back to that Bills game in the playoffs last year. Juan Thornhill made a couple of his best plays. He made his best plays of the season in that playoff game. That was when he finally looked at his best again. Maybe we can get, you know, to steal some of that magic, build up his confidence. This could be a game that Juan Thornhill sees an uptick in snaps and they might actually be able to use him at his best, you know, deep center field, playing with the range on the back end because the Bills are going to challenge you vertically. Get your best player playing vertical passes, you know, from the middle of the field out there at Juan Thornhill. All right, I'm going to go to a guy that has had a lot of success blitzing 
as a defensive back and a guy that could make a big impact play blitzing this week, Legereus Sneed. I talked a little bit about it earlier. The Chiefs love to add to the math on the rush. Steve Spagnuolo, it's what he's good at. He's got a lot of stuff in his bag, and he loves to challenge Josh Allen. He has done it before. Legereus Sneed is a guy who can challenge Josh Allen, who can continue to keep up with Josh Allen when he makes some of those adjustments, when he changes direction, bounces out of the pocket. Some of the guys on that Chiefs, you know, back seven, they don't really exactly have the athleticism to chase and contain Josh Allen. Legereus Sneed does. I like the idea of getting him involved blitzing. I think he can make a play. That is a guy I am looking for. And if you're looking for your engagement ring, if you're looking for a push present for your wife, what have you, any jewelry need that you have needs to go through my friend Hal at Ruback Fine Jewelry. They are the absolute best and they're the oldest jewelry store in Kansas City. It's a remarkable feat and you can't do that without taking care of customers. And Hal does that. And it's a very genuine desire to help people. You can feel it the second you walk in the store. You're going to have his full attention. He's going to walk you through as little or as much as the ring buying of the ring buying process as you want. It's great. Uh, and and he'll he'll help you build a custom jewelry piece that'll mean a lot for your significant other. I have really enjoyed getting to know how and everyone at Rebecca Fine Jewelry the last couple of years. I've been referring my friends to them for the last couple of years. Uh, and it's been fun to see the experiences and the feedback from some of my friends when they've went and had conversations with them. So next time you need any kind of jewelry, any custom jewelry, but specifically, hey, engagement ring, right? Go to ruback.co, set an appointment with Hal. You'll have his full attention. It's a wonderful experience. Promise you, you will not regret it. Okay, prediction time, boys. Biggest game of the regular season. What we got? Well, so far this season, every time that I've picked a game, I picked the Chiefs to score a lot of points and the opposition to score around 20 points. And, <laughs> you know, I can... How's that going? I can try and justify it a little bit based on some other factors. I mean, last time the Chiefs played the Buffalo Bills in the regular season, they blitzed on 41 percent of the snaps steve spagnola brought the house and it affected josh allen and the chiefs were able to get on top of it and really build the lead that we expected them to build that's probably not going to happen this week uh i think this is going to be a shootout i i think the chiefs defense while maybe looking marginally better than they have because i do think getting those guys back is going to improve some things this bill's offense is good i think they're going to score a lot of points i think it's going to be a dog fight in prime time i actually got the chiefs winning this one but it's a 49 to 45 game and the bills have the ball last chiefs defense comes up with a stop to close it out and i get Ooh. to be happy in the post game show sheesh <laughs> so i definitely think there's gonna be a lot of fireworks I think the issue right now, especially from the Chiefs' side in terms of just putting up a ton of points, teams aren't letting them score super quickly a ton. They're making them drive the field. They're doing it great. I expect them to keep doing it. I've opened it up. I think they're going to never punt in this game. So right there, I mean, I'm letting you know how that's going to go. But I don't know if it's going to be crazy high scoring just because I do think the Chiefs are going to take a little bit to score the football. 
I don't even know if the Bills, they are a vertically attacking team, but I don't know if they're going to find a ton of success just lobbing the ball vertically over and over again. They might be forced to drive the field a little bit as well. Like Craig and I were talking about earlier, just get one extra stop here and there. Maybe you can turn the ball, just one stop, just a couple plays, just three or four extra plays and maybe you get a stop. So I do also have the Chiefs winning. I have them winning 35 to 33 in this one. And and I think that the offense is going to look a lot better than that score says. I think that seems a little low when you say, I think this is going to be just two great offenses going at it. I just think they're going to have to take up a lot of time to get down the field both both ways. I got asked earlier this week if I thought the gap between the Bills and the Chiefs has closed a little bit between over this year. I think it has. I think the Bills have definitely closed the gap between the Chiefs and, you know, in themselves. I think the Bills are a much more well-rounded team with depth, with talent, and in some ways a more sustainable roster uh, over the course of the long haul. I think this is a very good, well-coached football team and a lot of talent on both sides of the football. There's only one problem. There is a Patrick LeVon Mahomes-sized gap between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. There is only so much that you can do to not have Patrick LeVon Mahomes. He's the best player in the world. He's the best quarterback in the world. He's one of the, he might be the best athlete in the world. He might be the best at his sport. The man is on a mission. And we've all been distracted by Jalen Smith, who Green Bay Packers linebacker Jalen Smith, and Carolina Panthers cornerback Stephon Gilmore. And we haven't been paying attention to the fact that the Chiefs are playing their biggest game with their backs still against the wall. They feel it. Patrick Mahomes has told you that. They're not out of this yet. They know that. The best player in the world is on a mission. And he is not about to go play in the AFC Championship game in Buffalo in January. He's not letting that happen. And if he's not going to let that happen, it starts on Sunday. He's got to go out there and even the score with the Bills. They've got to keep themselves from getting in too deep of a hole. They're desperate. And I know the Bills think that they have something to prove. And it's going to be an awesome game. But they're going to prove a lot. But so is Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the world scoring 42 points against the Buffalo Bills, 42-35. Your Kansas City Chiefs continue their ownership of the AFC. They make a statement at home, and then they continue on to earn the one seed later in this year. There, I said that. I know it's week five, and I'm already calling that. They're going to waiting to get that off his chest. Uh, yeah, he has he been has. waiting to get that off his chest. They're about to fix their problem. They're going to start it in a big way. It starts against the Bills, and it sustains for the remainder of the season. We'll talk to you on Monday, live after a Kansas City Chiefs victory. Talk to you later.